watching. Boogaloo shrimp. Ah! <laughs> trying to liven up. Is that what's going on? Hello and welcome to episode 56 of the Destroy the Brain podcast. Whoa, what happened? What? See, yeah. what happened was... See, look, okay, we did call it We Need to Talk About Horror for 55 episodes and decided, you know what, let's change it back to the Destroy the Brain podcast, which is what it was called back in 2007. That's when how you were long lonely. I've been doing this. Oh, God, I'm always lonely. Anyway. Oh, I'm your host, Andy Trafenbach. <laughs> Patrick Corkamp. Roger Henderson. Ren Maddox. Jeremy Jones. And Niles Maddox. Hey, Roger's new. Hi. Roger. Who's this guy? Hey, Hi, everybody. Patrick found him wandering down in the woods. <laughs> yeah. He was scour- just picked up a friend. Yeah, he was scouring for Blu-rays in the gutter. Would <laughs> <laughs> you all take a deal on this? You know, I wouldn't. I wouldn't put it past me, honestly. <laughs> Roger, you got you got quite the following on the uh, the social media because of all your cool posts. I suppose so. Yeah, yeah. I supposed I so. Suppose so. <laughs> yeah, he's got quite the following and on the page of the hashtags. Now I know why I don't have a <laughs> yeah. following because you well, don't put sixty hashtags in each. You post. have to. You yeah, have to. apparently That's the rule. Yeah, I'm too lazy for that. You have to. I literally Let made a Slack channel. for I know. <laughs> oh, yeah. Anyway, welcome to the uh, podcast. Yeah, we changed the name, so um, it's just going to be good, the Destroy the Brain podcast from so here on easy. Out. Everything yeah. old is new again. Because um, you know, I talked to my business associate, and he said that uh, we should get the brand in the name and the stuff and the things. <laughs> it makes sense. It's a good change. Sounds like a smart move. So. <laughs> Yeah, so, I mean, let's face it. Nobody's talking about we need to talk about horror, so uh, destroy the brain podcast. So much better. Start saying it. It's easier to say. When Mark. you tell your friends, say, oh, I don't know about that we need to talk about horror, but the destroy the brain podcast right. is the Sounds way to more go. metal. Yeah. So, uh, so it's going to be real confusing when somebody starts listening to the older episodes if they <laughs> jump in like now on for. I mean, they could just uh, naturally think that we just need to talk about horror. I mean, it's oh god! All right, all right. Yeah, well, if you don't like it, the destroy Niles. the brain podcast yeah. presented Wait, by no, destroy the brain. Niles. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you could still technically at him; it would still draw his. Attention. We just can't tweet yeah. at him. But no, it, it makes sense. All of our social media is at destroy the brain and the website destroythebrain.com. dot com. So it's yeah. stickers and stickers. Fucking stickers. Speaking of stickers, stickers, how was late night Grandhouse? Oh, all right. All right. Wow. All right. I had a good time. Anyone yeah. else have a good time? No, it was good. Roger and I went. We showed the fun time. I couldn't go. I was working all weekend. And me too. You had a fucking flat tire yeah, too. That was cool. Ooh. Printed a bunch of flyers. I was going to hand out. Got a flat tire. You you actually kind of did a trefy move. You realize that, right? <laughs> yeah. Like I saw you Thursday. I said, "Hey, hand me flyers." Oh well, I'm just going to come up and there. I had all of them in my car. All of them. And, and then, I was like, no, I'll be there. Life said, oh, I will give you the Treefy curse. Yeah. Yeah. That was fun. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, yeah. This episode, we will be covering Poltergeist 3 from 1988, directed by Gary Sherman, and the uh, final quote unquote entry in the Poltergeist. Well, well the film series. The remake. We're not going to be talking about the remake or the... Uh, the actual series, the legacy. It's the end yes. of the trilogy. Yeah, it's the end of the trilogy. The Carol Ann trilogy. Yes. <laughs> oh, 
Oh, that kind of saddened me. Anyway, so we'll be talking about that, and we'll be going over what we've been watching, some housekeeping. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at DestroyTheBrain, on Facebook at Facebook.com slash DestroyTheBrain, and Facebook.com slash group slash We Need to Talk About Horror? Oh, shit. We gotta yeah, I got to change that. Oh, no. I don't know if we can. Well, you'll just start a new group. Well, figure yeah. it out. Yeah. Or just include I, it into the other podcast. Totally I mean, can. include it into the Destroy the Brain yeah. Facebook page. Yeah. yeah. Why so. wouldn't you do that? No, you could no. just have a separate link for the. Well, yeah. I like having a group where oh, people can. We can have a separate group yeah. in that Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hashtag link Boy, in Good bio. God. I love that we figured this out on Gr- Mike. Grandpa, let me figure <laughs> out Facebook for you. <laughs> Ooh. Can you sign us up on that Damn. Snapchat as well? I need to get on LinkedIn. <laughs> Alright, Patrick, what you been watching, bud? So being that it's October, I always like to revisit the uh universal Studios monster movies, and uh, one of my favorites being Son of Frankenstein, which is the third film in the Frankenstein series by uh, Universal. And uh, I like this one quite a bit because it's cool because it it takes place several years after Bride of Frankenstein and Basil Rathbone plays his son, who's moving his family to the castle, and uh, he meets Igor, so Igor you know, shows up for the first time in the third film played by Bela Lugosi. And uh, it's cool because he's kind of, he's kind of the villain of the movie because he's basically this escaped uh, convict, if you will, who escaped a hanging and he convinces Wolfgang or Wolf Frankenstein to uh, basically revive the monster again. And then, Igor basically uses the monster to enact revenge on the jurors who basically sentenced him to death. Hmm. So it what but what I really like about it though is uh I'd say it's the most stylish of those three Frankenstein movies because this is the one where uh ups like the German expressionism kind of look, you know what I mean? That's cool. So uh visually it's really really interesting to look at um yeah, it's been probably, I'd say it's my top five Universal movies if nobody's seen it. I'd nice, yeah, totally no, I, I haven't seen it. it. I mean, I'm really behind on those for some reason. It was, I saw the classics when I was growing up, and mostly I watched like the Abbott Costello kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, but well, those kind of count, yeah. yeah. The silly <laughs> ones, yeah, so, um, but yeah, that sounds awesome. I Yeah, well, I want to check it out. Roger, what have you been watching? <laughs> so I've been, uh, I watched David Cronenberg's uh, Shivers for the first time. And uh, yeah, it is amazing. I'm kind of mad at myself for waiting this long to to watch it. But uh, it's about this doctor that's like experimenting with um, an alternative to organ transplants by Mm -hmm. using parasites. And that uh, obviously sounds like a bad idea. And it turns out to (laughs) be. (laughs) Yeah. It's better than bloodletting, I guess. I, I don't know. I guess <laughs> it's pretty low. Bar. Did you watch it in like the? Do you have the three pack uh, Blu-ray? No, I found a region free Blu-ray on oh. uh, Amazon. Cool. You know, I've been eyeing on, eyeing it for a while, yeah, and yeah. Uh, could never find one for a decent price because yeah. apparently, heaven forbid, we release that in North America. Right. So, <laughs> but uh, yeah, like um, the tension and claustrophobia of this movie is insane. 
Yeah. Right. And the, uh, you know, the parasites essentially what it does, like it gets into your body and uh, it multiplies itself by, I guess, sexual transmission. It follows. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it basically turns anyone infected but into like this uh, crazed sex up zombie. Right. Yeah. And it is just bananas. Yeah. It's uh, not. <laughs> and the uh, the ending is like really, you know, I loved it. Yep. You know, it was a very downer ending and all around I I just enjoyed the shit out of it. Have so. you seen the American Nightmare? Uh no. The a, documentary? <clears throat> the documentary, yeah. Um oh, yeah, talked to Cronenberg about that right. film and he talks about how the ending of it to him isn't a downer in a way it's supposed to be rapturous. <clears throat> right. Mm. Um, okay. And that's what that's what I kinda liked about this movie too. I guess it's typical typical Cronenberg. It's like you can view it for like the exploitation kind of aspects for it, but there's also, you know, deeper underlying tones and meanings and stuff where it's like you you know depending on what you're going in for you can enjoy it so it's funny because it kind of follows the theme it's the setting the same as like poltergeist 3 it's in like one building right yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like yeah. i just think it's funny that you brought that up during right. this episode yeah that's cool man yeah we should have just watched all one location one location right. <laughs> die hard. we'll watch die hard yeah for sure <laughs> Rian. andy i finally watched phantasm okay what do you think yeah it was a lot of interesting parts. Um, the, I don't know, the whole thing was fucking weird. But, oh, yeah. I mean, I would definitely watch it again, and I would really want to watch the second one, because I've heard oh, that's man. where the, the good The second one at. is more streamlined. Yeah. Right. But Not as dream logic-y. Right. Although Which, I love dream logic. It's always fun. Yeah. But the tall man was terrifying, and I really liked how in the beginning, when there was a dead body, it actually, like, peed, so... That was just like yeah. morbid, but I was like, oh, look, that's more realistic than I think I've seen right. in a lot of movies. So I thought that was really dark, but cool. Yeah. I, it, we, we wanted to do a double feature, but I think we got we sleepy. We got sleepy. What was going to be the double feature? Well, it was Phantasm 2. Oh, okay. Because for me, I like Phantasm 2 better, but I like some, I mean, obviously that first film, like there's so many visuals that are just amazing, like out of fucking nowhere. You're just yeah. like- who th- yeah. I mean, this dude thought up all this cool. Like, my favorite, obviously, scene is where Reggie's like pulling ice cream out and the tall man's walking yeah. slow. Yeah. Like, yeah. that's one of the coolest shots I, I in some of the you know lower budget movies that yeah. I've seen. Yeah. So how how hard is your crush on Reggie Bannister? Oh, I'm talking about myself. No. <laughs> yeah, I the whole time we're wow. watching it, I was like, "So you you do understand that Reggie is like a heartthrob? Like he is like the dude, and like she's oh, just like I don't, I don't get it. He becomes a badass. He does. She's got as the series though. goes and goes. So yeah. wait, wait for that. He wait until you see his catch in the second oh, yeah. one. Ooh. Pretty much. Ooh. Phantasm wow. 2 is great. I do love it. That, oh, yeah. that is the one I kind of gravitate to. I as like well. Phantasm 2. What bugs me is the shifting narration. There are three different characters that narrate the film. I know. It's fucking ridiculous. It's great, though. There is news on that box set. I don't know if you saw yeah, it. Yeah, it got pushed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Pushed. It got pushed. Like, like November? Big push. <laughs> Gotta make a we'll big see. push. I hope it's November. It's fine. I can wait. <clears throat> <laughs> Jeremy, can you? <laughs> well, I guess it was about two weeks ago now. Uh, myself, Niles, and Andy went mm-hmm. to Apotheosis to attend a screening of St. Louis Video Society. And that's a fella who's just showing some of the weirdest shit out there possible. 
Yeah, uh, he's doing the good work, man. Good I've, work. I've been to a couple of his screenings. He usually does them at a bar. This was at a comic shop, so that was kind of a cool uh, switch up. And he kicked off his Mexican Horror Night with a film called Al Filo del Terror at the Edge of Terror. Which we did not stay for. <laughs> um, well, I wanted to, but some people wanted to leave. Uh, yeah, I wanted to see that end. That was yeah, but fucking what do, weird. What do we do after? Did we get to the haunt? Yeah, yes. we went to sing karaoke at the haunt. Yeah, Anyways. brah. Uh, he opened with a recently discovered shot on video short film called Bobo. And it is about a horror writer who stays home while his like wife and kids go to his go to their his you know go to her parents and he receives a clown like doll in the mail yeah and it terrorizes him and it's shot in illinois i just don't, i forget he, where uh, he said Waterloo? central illinois he oh. and okay. I, I tried to press him i was like where so it's a sov it's a shot on video yeah it's shot on video short um film short um, 10 minutes it seemed like 15 maybe it's maybe yeah Dude, um, that was that at least it'd be half an hour. I'm that was you. not half that an was hour. Half hard no. half an hour. No Iron Maiden tees. I'd look it up, but <laughs> lots of yeah. I'm sure I wouldn't find any. <laughs> lots of mullets. Yeah. Um, Hold on, let me see if it's in Analog Nightmares, <laughs> written by oh, Richard Mudd. Yeah, go to the index. Uh, let's see. It, it was. <laughs> yeah, please honestly, don't wait for me. No, honestly, it was here. really entertaining. It was entertaining as fuck, um, like for real. Uh, <laughs> I always appreciate. I mean, I, I love shot on video, um, and I always appreciate somebody doing an effort like that than uh, maybe doing a fan film. It's not in here. Yeah, no. I mean, it was totally original. Uh, that little I think clown that guy was me in another life because <laughs> when you were bored at home one night, no, prominently displayed was a copy of Halloween three. On right, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> nice. Then above his bed, he had a Miller High Life sign. I was like, oh shit, this is me. It's your dad. Yeah. <laughs> Do you ever have any stories about tiny <laughs> no, clowns? That'd be cool. <laughs> oh. <sighs> but yeah, that was a lot of fun, and uh, thanks to James for doing all that. Yeah, and thanks cool. for this podcast for missing. Uh, don't panic. Don't panic tonight. Yeah, thanks, well, boys. Yeah, you'll get over it. I know. Niles, stop drawing. Um. So, <laughs> <laughs> actually, it's funny because similar plot line is in this movie. Uh, I watched the house that dripped blood, which yeah. uh, first time watch for me. Actually, had a story which follows with like a writer who was basing a character off a drawing he did, and it ends up coming to life, which is pretty much the same plot as Bobo. Check out Bobo. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, but uh, House of Drip Blood, a phenomenal little almost anthology. I mean, I, I think it's definitely like an anthology kind of a setting um, based around a haunted or like demonic house that basically shows little vignettes of like, Lovers torn kind of stories. A lot of come <laughs> up. What do you say? Up, come up. That's come up. It's come up. It's yeah. Come up. It's Muppets. That's the one with Christopher Lee, right? Yeah. So it has uh, yeah. Peter Cushing, uh, Christopher Lee. So it's very like Hammer Horror, like funded. You can tell the there's a, but it's not Hammer. What's what's the other Amicus? Production? Amicus. There mm-hmm. we go. Yeah. But yeah, if I mean, if you like that romantic, you know, hammer horror kind of vibe, it's definitely up there. Especially if you also like anthology movies. Um, but yeah, it had some cool special effects. 
there's like a wax work scene and that story is pretty I don't know. It's good. It is. Yeah. Have you seen oh, it? Oh, it's oh yeah, good. absolutely. Yeah, I've seen it. It's a good one. It's great. Did you guys have any standouts about it? No? Like Honestly, if you watch enough Amicus, it kind of bleeds together. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. I think that's what it is. It's one of those things that, like, I've just gotten into that era, yeah. and I, for me, it's like, ooh, this is gold. Right. They probably did a lot of anthologies, so, yeah. like, yeah. I'm trying to remember what story was in what movie. It's kind of... I'm trying to remember anything from... Uh, so from it was like, the there was like the, the Peter Cushing's was like, basically he shows up in a town, he, he rents the house mm-hmm. and it's, you know, cause it's all the stories are about, Ooh, this is the new renter of this house. Right. And so he shows up and basically he's like relaxing, retiring. And he walks around, he's strolling around town and finds a wax museum. And in the wax museum is this figure of a girl that he used to like, know or love and then somebody that you used to know somebody that you used to know <laughs> so it looks just like her and it's very lifelike mm-hmm. and the wax work owner is obviously this creepy dude is like yes yeah, i molded this after my wife my late wife blah blah blah. and then his friend shows up and uh out of nowhere and he's like oh hey what's up and then he basically is like let's go around town and he's like let's jump into this wax work and ends up with a friend and him had like a love triangle with this woman and so they both become infa- infatuated with this like waxwork thing. It, it's yeah, it's really cool. I dug it. I don't know. I just watched waxwork as well. So. Yeah, <laughs> this was better. No. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I watched a 2019 documentary <laughs> called "Wrinkles the Clown, Coughs the Clown." Uh, this is uh, this is a movie that just played at Fantastic Fest and it's now on uh, VOD, uh, Magnolia. Put it out or magnet, which I was kind of curious where their output's been because they were pretty much a leader of a lot of independent stuff. And absolutely, I haven't seen too much out of them. So this was. I feel like A twenty four took over. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. Um, even A twenty four isn't acquiring as much as like they were. Right, right. But uh, Wrinkles the Clown is basically um, it plays off the. I don't want to say an urban legend because it's not an urban legend. No, it's a well-known... But it, it's basically this meme that kind of circled around the internet with a um, a guy in a creepy clown mask that looks very wrinkly, melted maybe, and uh, a clown costume. But there are stickers all over town and multiple towns. But mostly Florida. With, uh, yeah, mostly Florida where it says wrinkles and then a phone number and... Um, it's kind of interesting because I didn't really know. I knew of the image of this guy, but I didn't know there was a phone number to call this person. Ooh. So in the documentary, they you know they interview some kids that basically use it as an urban legend, and they do kind of briefly talk about urban legends like Bloody Mary and all these other different urban legends, and they're kind of. Uh, kind of equating it to that or like lumping it in with that even though it's totally real Um, but it's also being used by parents to kind of like correct their children so if they're being bad kids the threat is well we're going to call Wrinkles the Clown and he's going to come and get you and then they literally, literally call him up and get his voicemail or sometimes he'll call them back and be like, I don't know, Wrinkles, I got this bad kid over here. And you just hear the kid screaming like, oh, God, Tyler Wrinkles coming to get me. 
<laughs> so it's it's that parenting. Yeah, <laughs> you know when you wanted to give your kids real good nightmares. This reminds me of my childhood. It's also oh, interesting man. because they do talk to like a psychologist who's like, yeah, this is totally not the way to go about you know correcting your children's bad behavior. Um, so about halfway through the film, we are introduced to. Uh, I mean, we are introduced to wrinkles, and for the halfway of the film, you do not see his face. Uh, and he's also saying that he's giving a fake voice, which kind of sounds like Rick from Rick and Morty. <laughs> uh, yeah, he sounds exactly yeah. like Rick. Wow. Uh, it's just a very heavy East Coast accent. And uh, for the most part, it's just kind of interesting to watch. And then there's a flip. And I'm not going to spoil anything, but um, do it, it's kind of interesting. Uh I will say it's not as surprising as some people are letting on to be, but it's kind of interesting. I um, was I was very surprised because I'll be honest, because yeah, once you get to know the basically the Rick character, right? It's like that flip because I was getting bored with it with yeah, just yeah, being yeah. like, oh, it's some crappy old poor guy who just eating lives hungry off of man's like, in yeah, his RV, hungry man's in his RV and dressing like a clown to scare kids and like watching him use his flip phone and just be like, I got a thousand messages today. God damn it. And he like just looks depressed about it. And it's like, I didn't mean to start this. You know how many th- death threats I get a day? And like, yeah, cause people, okay. So if you're like unintelligent, and this thing is a real thing that's like gonna kill your kid. So they're calling like, "Fuck you, wrinkles! I'm gonna come and gut you like a fish," <laughs> you know, like or like the angry mom, like or the angry dad. It was an angry dad, yeah. like you're try- you're picking on poor defenseless children. Why don't you come and pick on me, wrinkles? Come and get wrinkles. me, wrinkles. Yeah, it's it's kind of ridiculous, a little blown out of proportion. <laughs> but then, but then something well, happens, and yeah, it's it's kind of interesting. Florida, so. Yeah. Does does wrinkles too. get Botox? I like that they had like real, they had like a real clown on there who was like, you know, he's given us a bad name. Now we're not yeah. able to go out in the streets and just be clowns because as, now there's a. As he's applying baby powder. Yeah, I was about, uh, like, I'm like, sir, do you know that you're more scary than any other fucking scary? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, you, your happy clown scares the shit out of me. Sorry. Yeah. Wrinkles, I could hang. But, uh, yeah, it's an interesting documentary. I won't say it's very scary, though. Um, I think a lot of people were hoping for, like, a kind of scary documentary. It's not. And I mean, I was kind of debating if I should even talk about it on here, but I know it's on, you know, some horror fans' radar, so I felt like addressing it. But it's a it's an interesting doc that kind of um, deals with some of the psych- psychology and um, urban legends, mainly. That's what it kind of really boils down to, and it's just kind of interesting how somebody can um, do things very easily and with uh, very little information as, like, a cell phone. But anyway, that's Wrinkles the Clown, available on VOD. Patrick, what's your second and final? Um, Yeah, another revisit. I revisited. Rewatched. The Mothman Prophecies. Oh, boy. Which, uh, it spooks me, man. I love this movie. <laughs> to this I've day, never seen it. I really want to borrow it. To this day, it, it gets me, man. So uh, this came out like uh, 2002, yeah. I believe, yeah. And uh, based on supposedly true events in a small town in West Virginia called Point Pleasant, and the movie stars Richard Gere as a... Uh, uh, I think he's a Washington Post reporter 
and he's just recently went through the death of his wife and he's one night he's driving inexplicably ends up lost in this town point pleasant and then he meets one of the locals uh, played by will Patton, and i think he's like the standout of the movie personally yeah uh, he's great in it and uh laura linney plays a uh, local cop and uh that first night when he's there you know she's explaining that basically this town's going through a lot of weird things lately like Lights in the sky, strange visitors, and a large moth-like creature that's peering through people's windows with red eyes. And it's really, really, really spooky, I think. Uh, I think it's really overlooked, unfortunately. And uh, I think the the main thing that creeps me out the most about it is the score by Tom and Andy. Tom and Andy. Andy. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah, it, it just really gets under your skin, and it's not really any jump scares or anything like that. It's like just really moody and atmospheric and electronic to it. Yeah. There, there are some electronics and I mean, there's some symphony or maybe it's just a synth symphony. I'm not sure, but, um, but, uh, yeah, it's a very, um, it's more sound effects oriented. There's like just drones and like little things. Yeah. It's just like, it kind of adds to the dread and the yeah. paranoia of what's going on in that town. And uh, I, I think I like the first half of the movie more than the second half because it, it, it feels like a really, really good episode of X-Files or something mm-hmm. like that, mm-hmm. you know? And not that it necessarily falls apart in the second act, but it I, I like the first half because that's like when they're like talking to witnesses and, you know, interviewing people and kind of investigating and seeing what's going on and, that's where the creepy stuff happens, and the second act is a little different, but it's still good. That's a director I kind of lost track of, Mark, Mark Pellington. Pellington yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He did a he did a couple recent ones. Um, I didn't see them though; I forgot what they were. But um, I know he did Arlington Road. Which yeah, which I always one, got yeah. confused with, like ten or uh, that's the Arlington Place or whatever. Jeff, Jeff Bridges, Bridges yeah. and um. I forget Shit. the other. Per- I saw that when I Lawrence first came Fishburne. out. It was really good. No. <laughs> anyway, Tom and Andy yeah. is a yeah. They also did the score for the Hills Have Eyes remake, so I think they're underappreciated in general. So that's kind of cool that you brought that up. Yeah, and- but yeah, and the movie is too. I think I think it's a very atmospheric film that uh, everybody bypassed because it was in the early two thousands. You know. And I don't know if I've seen it since theaters. Yeah, I really I, liked it. I, I really enjoyed it. But anyway, yeah, yeah Mothman, totally recommend. Cool, Andrew. Cool. I watched uh, Evil Ed. Uh, yeah, yeah. It is a uh, great uh, '90s B movie. That's a love letter to '80s B movies. <laughs> <laughs> I always forget where it's from. Is it from Norway? Norwegian? Is th- it Norwegian? Th- Norwegian or Sweden? Oh, I think it's man. Swedish. Yeah. Okay. But it's it's pretty much the closest thing you'll get to uh, Frank Hedenlotter doing The Shining. Okay. So it's it's about this film editor that uh, he gets transferred into in like a, the horror movie department of his, uh, I guess, studio or whatever. And he is basically forced to uh, edit these trauma-esque, uber-violent slasher films. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And uh, he's doing this all in isolation, and he slowly just starts lo- losing his mind. And yeah, <laughs> the it's, mo- it's 
it's enjoyable. Yeah, the movies he's editing, like, I would totally watch, too, because <laughs> I felt myself kind of like, I want to see this movie, too. Show me more. But this, it's just, it's just like... Uh, there's a lot of nods to like Raimi, early Peter Jackson. Like, yeah. there's a lot cool. of splatter to the yeah. movies and stuff, and it's 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 insanely campy fun. So, and I bought the Arrow Blu-ray, which apparently is like extremely out of print. Oh, really? Oh, but for... apparently, you can just watch it for free on Tubi. Yeah, so. it's on. T- <laughs> okay. yeah. Well, I know it's on Tubi and Prime. Right. I was actually just verifying it was still on Prime. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's sixty dollars. Yeah. Wow, <laughs> that's surprising. oh yeah. I like. I wanted to watch this one. The cover looked really fun. right. Yeah, it's it's well, well worth it. There's, I mean, there's peaks at Andy's video. Yeah, there's peaks and valleys. <laughs> there's peaks and valleys of interest in in yeah. in the pacing and stuff. But overall, I it's I, a damn good time. I had it on VHS. I don't know. Yeah, what I always remember the VH, VHS cover. Yeah, you know, like VHS the, the, the head split amazing. and everything. But yeah. My mom would never rent it for me, but you know. Whatever. All I know is it, it's like <laughs> I'm 18. I'm gonna buy it. Right. There was somebody on Facebook, oh, wow. um, a comedian, Brandon yeah. Judd, who had a hoodie and it had that image, the Evil Ed yeah, image. Right, I'm yeah. like, holy shit! There's an Evil Ed hoodie, and he's like, yeah, it was actually a band. I didn't even know about the movie until <laughs> until I bought it. I'm like, oh, okay, well, well. So if you're watching it, keep an ear out because uh, Bill Mosley makes a audio cameo. you can recognize them yeah i watched uh bloom house into the dark pure on hulu um it's uh about fathers who are taking their daughters to like a religious purity retreat um so yeah it's pretty much exactly what you think it is it's really creepy it's all like (laughs) well eh Pieces no. plus Jesus camp. <laughs> I would watch that movie. I would too. Uh, they're basically just tackling the whole toxic masculinity thing that's being okay. driven into society by religion, you know, constantly. Um, but all of the girls that are the main focus in this movie are actively working against it and questioning it and authority and all the bullshit that's around them. And then there's dark forces afoot because they maybe did a ritual. At the beginning of the uh, camp out week, it's a little little corny at parts, but overall I enjoyed it. But probably because of the strong feminist message. Right? Did it. you like it better than the last one we watched uh, with the um... with the kids in the RV? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was better than that. Okay, but it was still you know it was fine. I've been suggesting it to all my girlfriends. Right. I don't know <laughs> if you guys will enjoy it as much as they will. I'm. Wait, I actually I've never watched any of those into the I know, except for the um, Gigi Guerrero's film. I kind of watched. Yeah, I fell asleep though. Not any knock to that movie. I was just exhausted. I still think my favorite one was Culture the, Shock. I think yeah, is what it was that That's, wasn't good. That, that wasn't okay. very good. That was boring. Yeah, was wait, boring. did you guys watch it with? Yeah, yeah. No, I didn't watch it with you. <laughs> okay, we watched it. It was super vanilla. Very right. vanilla. I thought they were gonna really touch some topics, and they kind of just. White, yeah, whitewashed up Which movie is, about whitewashing. Yeah, it was <laughs> ironic, but pure was better than that. Cool, cool. Jeremy, I watched the season premiere of Are You Afraid of the Dark? Ooh, oh yeah, the new one. Yes. Oh, I didn't. I it's on YouTube. That. Yeah. The first episode is up on YouTube. Is also on the Nickelodeon app. When does it actually premiere? It premiered. So, as of this recording, this past Friday, 
So the first episode has already aired. So Friday the 11th. Yes. And then it'll... It is three episodes. So every Friday or... Yeah, it's every okay. Friday. I need to set my DVR. That's why I'm asking. Oh, of course. After um, I watch the first episode. Yeah, and... So on tonight, if yes, you're listening on tonight, Friday, If you're Friday. listening and you're not at Horror Trivia... Holiday. Oh, yeah. Which is sold Which, out. by the way, we'll have a dead giveaway for you here. Which is sold out. Somewhere in the podcast. Um, huge fan of the original. Yeah. When I was younger. Wasn't really sure what to expect with this. So it's not an anthology show. Uh, the story follows the main character just moved to town with her mom. Her name's Andrea. She's not really fitting in. She comes across, um, this guy into horror movies in her class. And he kind of like throws some of that. She's like, yeah, I've seen the shot. Or he's like, yeah, I've seen the changeling. He's like, what? Um, she starts getting, <laughs> he like, he's like, well, I mean, you got to think like 15 year old seen a movie made in 1980s. Pretty, yeah. pretty big. Yeah. Yeah. Um, she gets a note in her locker saying, basically it's like a questionnaire. Um, she's like writing notes and it's a sign like the midnight society. Oh, but so okay. like they're, they're basically <gasps> like feeling Ooh. her out for like, Oh, what do we think she'd be a good member to this? And they're like, all right you know come with a story it better be scary well (laughs) this story is about this um evil carnival that comes to town and it's someone she's been having nightmares about like the ringleader the name is mr top hat and of course they're all like okay this story's really good and they're like you're you're in and the next day one of the classmates who's not of the midnight society um, is walking his dog and comes across the same carnival being set up in the town. And solid. so it's like coming to life. Yeah. <gasps> oh, solid. And cool. it's was it mean, scary. It was good. I didn't find it like scary, but I was. Damn it. I, I'm not the target audience. I'm, you know. He's a grown man. In my mid-30s, I'm the target audience. Is it better than <laughs> Shudder's Creep Show? Oh, God. It's a different. <laughs> it's a different thing, and it also has a way bigger. Did you watch budget. episode three? No, I, still I have not it. watched episode three. I just watched two. I've today. seen one and two. Oh, me and a shit talk. Oh, uh, American Horror Story. I saw you posted about that. <laughs> four, four and out. Was that yeah, it? You used, I'm gonna head out. Use the. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna head out. Yeah. SpongeBob. I made it. Three I don't and know. Half. <laughs> I, I was watching. I was like, huh? Ah, so it's what we expected. I'll watch a couple more episodes. I might give it one. Or, I don't know. They're just going to scrape off all the good stuff from the 80s slashers and then just be like, well, and here's American Horror. They've already Sorry. done it. They've already, they've like already run through that. That's what I kind of feel like. Mm. <laughs> Damn it. Sorry, boo-boo. It's all right. Um, yeah. It's, I think it's a good reboot. Cool. Um, check it out if you're into it. <laughs> check it out. But I, So the show creator... Um, or the showrunner was saying that they are not, it's not going to be streaming anytime soon. You can buy the season pass for super cheap on iTunes. Mm-hmm. At least. I don't know about any What do you other. mean it's not going to be streaming? Like, it's not going to be up on Hulu. It's not gonna Oh, be, okay. I know what you're saying. It's on there. If you have cable or your yeah, parents yeah, have yeah, cable, yeah. like my case, it's on the Nickelodeon <laughs> app. I just like how you're talking about a Nickelodeon show and like, yes. if your parents have cable. Right. If your parents have cable. <laughs> Ask your parents' permission. It's 2019, and why are you paying for cable? <laughs> but the first episode's on YouTube. We'll yes, put a link I in the show notes. I believe it is still up on YouTube. Cool. Um, 
Yeah, I don't think there's some. I probably miss some stuff because I watch it at like 4 a.m. But Jesus, the town that takes it's place in the is, Midnight Society. Yeah, God. yeah, not the 4 a.m. Society. <laughs> <laughs> is Argento, Oregon? What? <laughs> yeah, they're they're really doing okay. that, aren't they? Right. Yeah, <laughs> that's fine. Well, then I was trying to come up with uh, different cities, so I had Fulci, Florida. <laughs> <laughs> uh Martino, Rhode Island. Okay. I know. Savini, Georgia. Okay. Then, uh, oh, I was going to no, say I was gonna do, Savini, uh, North Dakota. Oh, oh, hi, yeah. Tom. Okay. Ooh, hi, I was going to do uh, Lindsay, Mississippi. Mm-hmm. There you go. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Should have ended with Fulci, Florida. Uh, okay. okay. Yeah. Okay. yeah. <laughs> Anywho. All right. So, Are You Afraid of the Dark Witches on Nickelodeon? Nickelodeon. Nick, 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 Nick. Remember when we remembered our childhood? Yeah. Every day. Niles? You remember? Hmm. Uh, Do you remember? Yeah. So, uh, me and the wife, we both finally finished reading the book Carrie by Stephen King. Yeah, we so, did. So, here's a cool thing about me. I've never sat and watched Carrie. So, I got to finally do that. Uh, Post Specify. Yeah, which one? De Palma's Carrie. De Palma's. Oh, okay. He watched the made-for-TV one. Gives a shit about the other one. I was going to say, I the Brian good one. Fuller one. <laughs> yeah, do you like that one? <laughs> the Brian Fuller one's not bad because Angela Bettis is great. Yeah, okay, cool. The other one, yeah, <laughs> I don't give a fuck about. <laughs> no, it's whatever. Anyways, it is bad. so De Palma's Carrie. Finally checked it out. Huge De Palma fan, and it's like been on my list to watch, but then I was like, ooh, I got to read the book. And I will say that even though... They changed the story quite a bit. I like this version, and it works as a whole. I think if you think about budget and having to rewrite certain scenes to make it fit that budget, it made sense. And I think every I, I have nothing against it. I, it's honestly one of my favorite movies I watched this year. So I'll throw it out there as uh, if you've never seen Carrie, Watch it because when I was a kid, so what I what I had what I had seen as a child, as a little boy, was literally the sanitary like napkin throwing scene, and that's all I ever saw. And I was like, "This movie's not for me. I'm all I'm just a little six year old boy, and I'm just don't, and I'm just like I don't I don't know about this movie. I'm gonna watch Porky's. I'm gonna watch the boot boot movies. Anyways, but." Uh yeah, so much depth and in the character act, like her expressions when they do the split screen is like it's the most successful split screen Ooh, I've seen in his no, movies. Absolutely. So yeah. here's a good question to blend into our life when we were at yeah, Warhound. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That girl playing Carrie, yeah. did she not nail some she of nailed those it, dude. She nailed it. I I, I just there it was insane. Because he got to that, I mean, sure, the rest of the movie is fine. It's definitely like, a, you know, teenagers overacting a little bit sometimes. But, like, you expect that with that age group and, you know, and but once it got to, like, the the good part, part, part two of the book, I would like to say, mm-hmm. it's just like it, it takes off just like the book does. Yeah, yeah. It, you feel that momentum just pick up and just he starts getting real creative with his shots and you see... The effects, I mean, the hose was believable. That's cool. I mean, yeah. oh, it's a, it's a great movie. I just, I was so blown. Away. I was like, a, that when he went to split screen, I was like, jawed to the floor, like just like this is one of the coolest things I've ever seen. Yeah. So, yeah. 
Hey, too bad I, you I, weren't for there for the late night. Grand yeah, Christmas that would probably yeah. been awesome. I was working. Could have gone to prom. But uh, yeah, yeah, no. So I mean, if you've never seen Carrie, definitely check it out because uh, yeah, it's up there and yeah, one of my favorite yeah. movies now. That's what I love so. about it. It's like it's made in the seventies, but it still holds up today. So good, dude. It yeah. was so good. I was PJ Souls, man. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. The, one awkward thing though is when <laughs> they're driving, like because they changed the whole story to make it so that oh, Chris and. What's Billy. Billy, Billy, yeah, uh-huh. or driving, Billy. and it's just like so random that they're like, "Let's run her over," and then she's just like, and plus they speed it the up, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's but, just like that was the only scene that was like, well, and I do miss like the town essentially going to shit. I, yeah. yeah, yeah. I wish that was more That's so in the movie because that was one of my favorite parts of yeah. the book was just listening to how she tore apart. But this I understand town. it, right? Yeah. It, yeah. The, the budget yeah. been ridiculous. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, no, I love Carrie so much. Uh, so I'm going to cheat a little bit and talk about, just briefly talk about 1983's Vigilante because we lost Robert Forster, who is a very underappreciated actor. He didn't do tons of horror, but, um, yeah, I love Vigilante so much and I think he's great in Vigilante and, uh, yeah, I would highly recommend if anybody's never seen Vigilante, it's got Fred Williamson, Robert Forster, your Spinel man is in it for a brief minute. Oh, yeah. Takes a bribe. Uh, but yeah, really great film directed job. by uh, William Lustig from Maniac fame. Hmm. Check it out. Uh, Blue Underground's got a Blu-ray on it. So I actually watched my hor- second horror film. is 1960's Village of the Damned. Mm-hmm. And um, this is definitely a rewatch. But I think I saw it a long time ago. And then I saw John Carpenter's version in the theater and that was oh god, oh, god. Oh, damn because oh, yeah. my mom well my mom was like oh it's a John Carpenter movie you're gonna love this it's Mm-mm. John Carpenter and I'm like yeah 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 yeah. it was like a they special sneak preview oh. she like she really went a mile above and got passes for this thing and I was super stoked and I saw it but um, it, it, it had been a while since I've seen the 1960 the original one and I bought it, I think, on the Warner Archive sale like yeah. long ago. So I popped that in because what I've been doing, I'm still behind on the 31 days of Halloween stuff. Oh, me too. <laughs> but what I've I'm been up. trying to do is on, of oh, course you like are. Four um, on the weekends, I try to start it off with a black and white movie. Mm. So I've been also doing the Universal Monster stuff. So I uh, did... Wolfman and Invisible Man, but Sunday I started it off with Village of the Damned, and man, that film's still effective. It's good. It is so good. Um, That's when I got to rent when I was a kid from the library. My yeah. mom was all about black. If it was a black and white movie, you're good. Okay, cool. I was just kind of surprised how how well it stood up. Um, Way it, better than that remake. I'm if, telling you. If you're not familiar with Village of the Damned, essentially there's a weird thing that happens to a town called Midwich, which <laughs> definitely kind of reminds you of like Lovecraft, yeah. sort of. Yeah. Um, yeah. Dunwich, you Dunwich, know. But, yeah. yeah. But anyway, um, it's an English town, and Dunwich. essentially, right at, I think it was like 1150, 1155, everybody just like faints, basically. And they're still alive, they're still breathing, but it's every human, every animal, they're just dropped to the floor. And 
there's a certain boundary uh, of the town that when you cross it, it, it will happen to anybody that crosses it. So the army starts setting up a perimeter. There's a plane that I think they're like 5,000 feet above the sky and they're safe. But once he starts going down, then yeah, uh, there's a plane crash. There you go. Um, but then about three hours later, everybody wakes up and they're fine. And then the women... Uh, as they were, you know, fainted and out, got pregnant. <laughs> and there's no, ex- there's really no explanation. You don't know if it's an alien race. You don't, you, and it's not necessarily needed. That's kind of the great thing about it. Um, but they all have children and uh, they're all, it's black and white. So they kind of look more silver, but it, it, it's blonde, all yeah, blonde haired yeah. children. Uh, they wear these pea coats around. They're all uniform, and uh, they have the power to kind of manipulate people's minds and make them do things if they kind of cross their paths. So it's kind of like um, you know the Twilight Zone, the movie episode where they that one kid has the power to influence and make people do things. Kind of the same theory, but this is done really well. Um, I would highly recommend checking it out if you can. I don't think it's streaming anywhere uh, for free, but you might be able to buy it. Um, well, I know you could buy it from Warner Archive, and I would just they wait for the They also had that uh, double feature DVD. Like, you go to Big Lots, you might be able to find it. It used to be there like all the time. Yeah, because they also Children have a sequel, Children of the yeah. Damned, which... I can't remember if I've seen. I have not. Um, but yeah, it's not. Unfortunately, it's not streaming anywhere um, for free. But you can rent it for like three bucks, and I think it's worth that. But honestly, I would just say, you know, pitch in the extra eight and just buy it on Blu-ray whenever Warner Archive has their four for forty-four sale. Yeah, I used to. This was one of those that I rented a lot. Again, like I was a kid, but also this and like the Bad Seed. Mm-hmm. Those were like my mm-hmm. like yeah. go-to like creepy kid. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. Highly, highly, highly recommend it. So that was Village of the Dam from 1960. Don't bother with the John Carpenter one. All well, right. Mark Hamill, though. Uh, no. 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 That's the main no. reason I don't like it. <laughs> it was, I caught that on TBS like way too many times when it was hitting cable. Yeah. Sven Gooley plays it every now and then. <laughs> <laughs> really? That one? Oh, yeah. the- All right. So, uh, before no, we... No, no, the original. Oh, okay. I was like, that's... <laughs> All right, let's go ahead and get up in the pits. Okay, so this episode, we decided to cover Poltergeist 3. Why did we title. come up with this? Why? Well, I will say it's one of my childhood favorites. So I suggested it, and Jeremy goes, "Oh yeah, Poltergeist Three is fucking awesome." <laughs> so when it's when Jeremy says that, that can mean two things: man, get drunk and watch this movie, or I actually really like this film. I'm guessing it's more of the first thing I said. You're wrong. Good. Well, so you feel the same way I do. I you actually like this film. enjoy this movie quite a bit. Good. Well, and also the poster was hanging in the bathroom. Well, in the ladies' bathroom, which you know, we, when yeah, somebody's like taking like a fucking monumental shit, in the they're both one theaters. It doesn't matter. Yeah, it's fine. 
So this is from 1988. I remember seeing this in the movie theater, which means I was seven years old. My God, why did I see this at seven? Uh, this is directed by Gary Lucky Sherman, boy. who gave us Vice Squad, uh, also gave us Dead and Buried, and Deathline. And Deathline, yeah. Okay, raw meat. Uh, Joe Rossetti, <laughs> why is that that composer, Joe Rossetti? Rossetti. I put it on there because it ended with an I, and usually that means Dude, it's good. No, he's done. Yeah, he's done yeah. some score that I really dig. Uh, written by Gary Sherman. Brian Taggart, which also sounds like a familiar name, or I could be thinking of Beverly Hills Cop. That's where I was going with it. <laughs> oh, I'm trying to find everything. Academy Award winning composer. Oh, shit. Joe Renzetti. Is he? Yeah. If I were Italian, right. I'd change so, my name to Renzetti. Ah, uh, that's because he's a longtime composer of uh, Gary Sherman's work. And Frankenhooker. Frankenhooker, Basket Case 2 and 3. The Exterminator, Slaughter of the Innocents, Child's Play, Wanted Dead or there Alive. There it is, Child's yeah, Play. That's yeah, what I'm yeah. thinking. Yeah, that's... he's done all Gary Sherman's movies except for maybe Raw Meat. So I'm assuming he's also from Chicago, but I could be wrong. Nope. Could be. Born in Philly. Okay, never mind. <laughs> so did he write Neon Slime? Uh, Maybe. No. I think Neon Slime was written by... Well, maybe he co-wrote it with Barry DeVryzen. Oh, could be. Um, because I remember seeing that name, I think. Fuck. No, uh, lyrics were by Simon Stokes. Music was by Joe Renzetti. Okay, so, so. for Neon Slime. Yes. The movie we're not talking the about. The movie we're not talking Got about. It. But directed by <laughs> Gary <laughs> Sherman. <laughs> Fight Squad. Anyway, this one stars Tom Skerritt, Nancy Allen, uh, Laura Flynn Boyle. Yeah, Twin Peaks. Yeah, pre-Twin Peaks. <laughs> was also this, a character named Donna. Was this yeah, pre-Jack Nicholson? Donna Hayward. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> was that a thing? Uh, yeah. <laughs> no way. Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. He was banging Laura Flynn Boyle? Yeah. Who wow. was? Oh, God. That sounded horrible. <laughs> <laughs> like, like during, like, Batman? I, I don't know. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Because that's, like, right around this time frame, too. Yeah. Yeah. Your anyway, face is too happy anyway, while you say that. Gross. <laughs> you know what? Good for her. Good for her. Her? Yeah. 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 Jack Nicholson is a catch. Yep. Yeah, I liked him as as good as yep. it gets. Yeah, <laughs> when he gives the bacon to the little dog. Yeah, or when he throws the little dog oh, in the trash. True. Was yeah. that was that the one when he was with the younger woman? And I mean, if it worked for her, I think he has a theme going. Yeah. Oh my god! So in <laughs> investigating, <laughs> hold on. In investigating this, uh, apparently Laura Flynn Boyle went out with David Spade, and Jack Whoa. Nicholson stole. <laughs> Shocker. Stole her. Good that's on him. That's an easy yeah. steal right there. I would yeah. take that loss. Good for, I would take that loss. I Good think for, I could steal David Spade's yeah. girl. Oh, my God. That's like taking candy from an unborn baby. Right, so, right, yeah, right. good for both of them. So, apparently, that happened in the in the mid-90s. Nice. Uh, so win, win. Not that bad. So, um, where 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 did we leave off in the Poltergeist series? So, we were like, uh, part two, where, uh, we dealt with some... So, uh, well, in part two, we're introduced to Kane. Right. The physical apparition that is Kane. The yes. Reverend Kane. Right. Which does come into Poltergeist 3. Um, and weirdly enough, that actor 
well, when he was in Poltergeist too, he was he had cancer. He had stomach cancer, cancer right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Which made it even him. more creepy. Probably, yeah. I think his I think his appearance was yeah, terrifying. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, this the new guy's but, not nearly as creepy. Um, as, yeah, he, he actually passed he's good though yeah. before the film came out. Part yeah. two. Mm. That's probably why yeah. I always preferred part two is because Cage is. God, yeah, like, his god. I, yeah. I, I like so the, so good. Creepy. I like yeah. the first movie, um, but I I always felt I I don't watch it that often because I always felt it was a little too whimsical for what, me. The and, first Poltergeist, yeah. Like, oh, like, a, but when's the last time you rewatched it? I don't. Uh, it's not maybe, very whimsical. Maybe I don't last year. Well, yeah, that's the score. Maybe it's. I think score the score is, helps. Yeah. Let me. Like, I guess I'll just say that the. the the Spielberg esque quality to yeah, it his yeah, is what I'm it. is what I'm referring I to. I really that. like the and warm fuzzy family. No, I know what you mean. You I'm get. just saying. I, I think it, Pol- it, the it, original it, Poltergeist is one of the best family written dramas. Yeah, yeah. I'm not that dis- exists yeah. in a horror film. I, yeah, right? I'm not disputing that. I'm just saying it never creeped me out personally. The second one, not however, even when he was ripping off his dude, own face. Oh, yeah, that's the best part of the movie. Clown under the bed. I mean, yes, I'm, that got me good for years uh, as a child. I'm, I'm, I like the movie. I'm just saying the first, the second one creeped me out way more. Yeah. Because the first well, one, it's like no, that could be. One, I think so. I think that's. Is, I think that's an age thing too. Where yeah. in terms of. Patrick's younger, so he probably saw Poltergeist two on TV or Poltergeist two. Yeah, was yeah. yeah. Zeitgeist. Tr- I was a kid when I. I've saw tried watching Poltergeist yeah. two recently. Yeah, we watched a couple it. Yeah. of times. <laughs> it's tough, dude. It's, it's not great re- until mean, it gets towards the end. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. it is fun finding like Craig T. Nelson's hair ever shifting. Like at one point it's a mullet and then the next point it's the same haircut he had in the first one. So I still haven't figured out the logic behind that. And like I know when Niles and I watched the second one we were like, who fucking directed this? And right. it's like literally a no name dude. Yeah. Right. And the budget for the second one was nineteen million. Yeah, that's wow. insane. I think the so what I think the positives for the second one was they were trying to figure out what to do with the family dynamic because it yeah. worked so well in the first one mm-hmm. and it really did not work well in the in, in the second one. No, no. and I think that was it. They were trying to write the first movie and then also try to get away from it to make it more scary. I think. Yeah, they yeah. added this Native American element, um, and which has some funny things with like the car, like being angry, like that's kind of funny. And the car is. Pissed. I mean, yeah. I'll say the the first one's the best. Definitely. Sure. But, right. but what Second I li- just what I like is, is is the fact that you have this first movie, which is yeah, it's a Spielberg looking film directed by Toby Hooper, kind of. Yeah, which is fine. <laughs> no, it it is. It is. It's yeah. a Toby Hooper yeah. movie. If yeah. if anything, it's co directed. But so. honestly, I mean, it's because Toby Hooper is too nice of a dude. Right. right. <laughs> I just see yeah. I just see Spielberg as a producer. Like, no, we're doing this. The yes. second <laughs> one continued to add imagery to it, which I think. Why I I think the third one is more effective as its own entity because it drops that family dynamic in a sense to just understanding that it's like not that important to make this like kid friendly, family friendly movie. This is just going to be a strictly the dimension of love is the reason that these things can't get you the family love thing which would they brought up a lot in the which first which doesn't film. make any sense though in the logic of the whole well and that's thing. the whole thing it's it's like 
because she came from a very loving family. Sure, the and then they one. well they and then they dissolved as these traumatic events kept happening to them, and so yeah, they don't really give you a good understanding of why they sent her away for this film because this film takes place in Chicago. That's like the synopsis because of the beginning Craig of T. it. Nelson said no. That's be, yeah, pretty much, <laughs> but. You know, they don't really explain it much other than the fact that she has been abandoned by her actual family, sent away to this, her aunt, basically, mm, yeah. who has well, her own family. Recently remarried. Right. Too, so, it's, right. so she's uh, developing this family dynamic with, uh, you know, the new husband with the teenage daughter and now dealing with taking on a child, Carol Ann. And um, on top of it, they had just opened a giant skyscraper full of apartments and a gallery on the bottom, an art museum or an art gallery. Building they shot in? No. Yeah. That was the Hancock <laughs> Center. Yeah. I've been yeah. there. Cool. Chicago. Chicago. But yeah, so I mean, coming from the second one to this one, you lose that California vibe, the, you know, it's well, more cold. Dark. You go from the suburbs to the city. Like, yeah. Right. Literally. That's basically what it is. So Bright lights and big titties. Right. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, because I just recently rewatched the second one, and I'm like, yeah, this did not hold up. I, no. I did that yeah, a couple years ago. <laughs> I mean, ago. the special effects spectacular towards the end is oh, kind of yeah, crazy. Yeah, it's like when he spits yeah. up the tequila worm, and it like mm-hmm. morphs right. into like this weird thing. Yeah. Or but the that's thing. cool, but... The it, braces go crazy. It's yeah, just yeah. got like little highlights. That's, yeah. that's it. That's all I really remember. But once I watched it with one. the nostalgia glasses off, right. I'm just like, yeah. oh, good. No. <laughs> so the third one is it changes its locale. Uh, you don't have Craig T. Nelson. You don't have, um, oh, Christ, I just blinked on her name. Jo- the mom. Joe Beth Williams. <laughs> and, yes, the mom. Yeah. You don't have Joe Beth Williams. Um pretty much all the family is kind of gone and they they don't necessarily give a reason. They just say that she was sent to them because they were under too much yeah. strain yeah. as a family. Yeah. Understandably. Was... Basically it's like this our daughter's haunted. Go away. <laughs> Go away. But, but even, She's got some right hand mojo water. Even they don't know what three, happened, though, right? The daughter like, is haunted. No, they... And see, yeah. everything that... So, yeah, the... the uh, like, they're left in the dark the Bruce, about why... Bruce, the uncle, who is literally being over-accepting of this child. You know, hey, yeah, yeah. I have a daughter of my own. She's a uh, teenager, but hey, you know, I... I know what it's like to be, you know, a father of a little girl, and this is what they need. I'm going to be there for you. And he, like, steps over the Aunt Trish or Pat Have we figured out why she wants to be called Pat? Because Trish is day class A. Yeah, don't you remember? It's almost the 90s now. No, but Trish and Pat are totally different names. Patricia. You dangus. Patricia. Anyways, so <laughs> good God, Jesus! So the dynamic, even starting off in the beginning of the film, is <laughs> you. <laughs> you have a, a. I totally didn't get that until just now. Oh my God! Years oh, since Lord. you were seven. Since you were seven. Oh, decades. Wow. wow. Three See, decades. You have Carol Ann's character who has, at this point, accepted that she is not normal. There is a lot about her that has ruined her childhood. And you see her almost as a more mature 
child because of these situations. With her interaction with them, she's understanding the the sister character yeah. by Laura Flynn Boyle. Her cousin. Her cousin. Yeah, cousin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever. Is basically but like... she takes the big sister. Talking character. shit on her, basically like, yo, she's not really family. And it doesn't even phase her because she's so used to being uh, not acknowledged by her family, I think, because of her attachment to these horrible events. Mm-hmm. She just wants to be able to be safe in a safe space. And I think that, you know, the, at least the Bruce character helps her feel warm and welcome. And I think that starting the film is kind of like the idea that Aunt Trish doesn't necessarily want her there, doesn't necessarily need her there, and thinks that side of the family is totally kooky because of all their like psychic yeah, gurus yeah. coming and helping and all the nonsense that they don't necessarily believe. The start of this film is just so awkward. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I mean... It's like with the credit sequence that yeah. are being wiped away from the window wiper right, right. <laughs> with an old man who is like, oh, I get it. They're going to make it look like Kane, which they do. And then like Tom Skerritt, when he comes in, and he sits down on the bed with Carol Ann and he does this laugh. It always reminds me of Tommy was so. Oh, yeah. It's, like, <laughs> 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 it's, just, it's just so weird. It almost sounds like a weird ADR or whatever. But, right. Um, but yeah, you're right. Like Carol Ann definitely has more of a mature quality right. with her. Um, and you know, I guess that's just because she's seen some shit. She's seen some shit. <laughs> seen some shit and but, through shit. Right. But yeah, it's, it's kind of interesting how that's, uh, she, you know, just thinking of a child who's been passed down because like nobody knows what to do with her. Really. Right. That's kind of. I mean, there could be an allegory for like foster care here. Sure, but yeah. I I don't think I don't think it's that smart to be honest with you. But I mean, I think it is. I feel like her script was written in the idea that she's over it. She's yeah. trying to move forward, and she's yeah. accepted her situation there. And she's not expecting a lot of these. And she people. doesn't want to be a burden. You she doesn't. Get that, she just yeah. wants to be there. Be safe and 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 to not be yeah like not be a burden to this family and you know because bruce had just opened this big uh fucking complex yeah which is weird because like it's it's like what is it the uh apartments of the or the condominiums of the future or whatever yeah. they call it which apparently it just keeps reminding glass me of, in every room yeah it keeps reminding me of like dread or something like <laughs> <laughs> mega block city one mega or whatever block. right <laughs> i mean that the, the largest like reference to this movie is the mirrors. So that is that is the big shtick. That's that's the most amazing part of this film. It's great. Is, is the fact that you're dealing with mirrors and there's a lot of optical illusions and setups where, you know, there are a couple of shots where you can tell it's definitely not a mirror, it's like another actor. Yeah, yeah. But like the the balls on Gary Sherman to say, I'm gonna shoot a movie and it's going to be very reliant on mirrors, which yeah. are like the camera's enemy. Yeah, yeah. Kind of cool. Yeah. No, very I, cool. I dig it. Yeah. Um, and some of the effects work great. I mentioned earlier, or I mentioned off mic before we started that I list, re-listened to the episode of Shockwaves he was on, <clears throat> and he talked about this, that he actually started as a photographer. So he's like, yeah. I know what all these tricks are, and I want to make, he's he saw kind of like, you know, CGI is here, and I want to make something before CGI kind of takes over, where it's going to be all shot, like, in real time, physically. There's going to be no interpositive. The negative will be 
the master negative. Like, there's no post-production in it. All the tr- tricks and the camera tricks are going to be done. In camera. In camera. Yeah. And it took him a year to storyboard wow. the movie. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I, I Yeah. I mean, that's what I think. If you look at it, it's like very claustrophobic, the, the movie, because mm. it's even when they leave the building to take the kids to school, mm-hmm. it's the dreariest day you've ever seen. Can we, talk about, van. can we talk about that fucking little girl who I just wanted to throw <laughs> oh, out the yeah. goddamn window? God damn, dude. Oh, Scott! <laughs> there's, a, there's a stupid cousin or whatever the fuck she says. I'm like, oh, I'm just gonna, ooh, I just want you to get run over. Popped in the teeth. <laughs> and then Scott, Scott's hair is weird. I like it's his like a, well, I don't know. It's like a mushroom. He's, he's hot, Scott. He's hot, Scott. Scott. Hot, Scott. 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 Was, too Scott. Hot. was this Pete Gutenberg? What's that? Was this Pete Gutenberg <laughs> when this movie was made? <laughs> right, because that dude had the look. It was yeah. the Goot Goot. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, he went to uh, Fantastic Sam's. Was like, give me the Goot. <laughs> give me I the want goot. that Goot. <laughs> uh, so we go from the introduction to the awkward family dynamic. Yeah. To Child's Play 2, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. where yes. there is a special school for Carol Ann, and it's basically for, like she is, she's a more mature child who's also okay. had some issues. Yeah, like, she's not a fan of going there. It sounds like she wants to go to a normal school. Yeah. yeah. But she goes to the special school where they can deal with her psychological... Dr. Seton. Dr. Seton! Dr. Seton! Played by Dick Fire. What? FYI. <laughs> Dick Fire. Uh, who, well, his real name's Richard Fire, but oh, everybody calls man. him Dick Fire. Dick uh, Fire! Fire. Anyway. Um, Firecrotch. I absolutely hated this guy because his acting is awful. Yes. Oh, yeah, he was bad. He was real bad. He was very monotone. Uh, didn't have a lot of emotion in his acting whatsoever. And that drove me up the goddamn wall. And some of like some of the dialogue delivery he does, like when he's walking with that group of I don't know what the fuck they yeah, were. I don't exactly did what I you're did about. I miss this? You know I, <laughs> were they I, students? So what no no, I think they're honestly what I thought they were were like uh patrons who had had paid money for this or oh, given donations and okay. they were like giving a tour oh, okay. of the school kind of thing they were and he's explaining about his different dealings with different students and bringing up Carol Ann's situation where she is being able to do group hypnosis right by yes, hypnosis. she convinced an entire yeah. suburb so he's like the the coffee mug flies and he's like she she made me think the coffee mug flew in the air yeah so <laughs> he's the hardest scully what he is like, <laughs> Jesus, he like you fucking idiot and it comes out that he, it, by him putting carolan under hypnosis and making her relive these previous moments from part one and two has brought back kane Kane has come back because she has relived these moments and rethought everything, and now Kane is strong in her mind, giving him a physical apparition to basically start the whole movie off. Freddy yeah. Krueger. Yeah, the whole you're forgotten, you have no power. Yeah. So anyway, Kane gets awakened. I guess is the best way to say it, and uh, wants to claim Carolyn. So um, then there's you know the other thing is. Uh, mirrors, right? 
Uh, water. Water becomes water. Water. Nature's mirror. Uh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> Jesus. So, so like she gets Caroline gets lured to the basement and then like falls in a puddle. Oh, that's that's like, a parking. I mean, that's, it's that's, a parking that's, garage. We're talking about like seventy five percent of the movie. Now. Yeah, yeah. You're jumping way ahead. It's not seventy five. It's like halfway into the movie. Uh, it's, no, no, that's it's way second, past this. No, it's like it's not seventy five percent. It's second half. So yeah. So what happens is that the aunt and the uncle go to an event that is being held elsewhere within the building. It is right. a gallery opening. Yeah, you got to talk about the party, bro. The right. There's a big ass party. Scott, Scott's gonna be there. Shit's going wrong in this building too. It's too cold. So Laura yeah. Flynn Boyle's character actually, she's supposed to babysit Carol Ann. And, and Carol Ann actually comes up with the idea. She's like, of like you know what? Just go out and live just your go life. out and have fun. I'll be fine. I'm gonna play with my speaking spell, which yeah. is the scariest speaking spell I've ever seen in my life. I even put it on the board because it's so scary. Or Carol Ann, a gorilla, gorilla spell parakeet, parakeet, B R I T. You even did it wrong. What, Brid? That's what she does. B I R E, not B R I D. You said B R I D, not B I R D. She says B I R I D, like bird. Fucking A. You wrote Brid. Brid. Yeah. <laughs> Guess what? It still wasn't parakeet, so it's right. Bread. Anyway, so Laura Flynn Boyle sneaks off to her uh, teenage party where the parents are there, so they're just having a lame like, time drinking. Casually listening to music. Casually listening to music, <laughs> drinking soda pop, and just being pissed off about them not having their because full the blown rager. Yeah. Right. My mom said if she could hear the party, the party's over. Right. No, exactly. <laughs> That's the line. Fucking <laughs> Like, yeah. What, a, what an asshole. What an asshole. <laughs> what an asshole. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, they were also living in an apartment, which seemed pretty small, so. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, how much do you think these uh, condos oh, of the future are going for? Four K, uh, at least. They could couldn't they just like have gone to the skating rink on and the fourth like, floor? <laughs> maybe. No, but what they did do three was bedrooms. steal the keys. Oh yeah, from Bruce, the the manager of the building, right. the, which his is daughter's more, loyal friend yeah. Boyle's uh, father, and they go and they check out the pool. Mm-hmm. And that's where all the good shit happens. But they also, well, they don't rob it. But they he go to uh, his, no, they so rob it. But he, he's got money. He he robs it because he is technically underage, and, and it's off hours. Le- it's off hours and cannot legally purchase alcohol. Right. Okay. So he robs so it and like he leaves money. Stealing, you can leave money, but you, like that store can't legally accept that money. Right. But did you see all the stuff that they had? There's no <laughs> way he had that much. Let's money. get into Jeremy. <laughs> Coca Cola. Did you write the fucking rules? Okie no, dokie. Of apartment. I've worked. Bodegas? I've worked in grocery. I worked in grocery for ten years, and some kid tried to come back and pay for alcohol that he stole. It's like we legally can't accept your money. You fucking thief. So if you're underage and want to steal booze, go for it. Hey, Coors banquets and Sixers, dude. That was maybe a twelve pack. So in the process of stealing the stuff and, and fucking with the kids that are already in the pool, they notice on camera 16, the garage camera, oh, that Carol Ann has gotten out. <laughs> and she's running in the garage. She's running she, in the garage. And, and now cha- you could talk about your part. I was going to say, oh, she's okay. being chased by a walk-in cooler. Down yeah. The <laughs> yeah, and Donna, played by Lauren Fl- Flynn Boyle, is like, God damn it, I gotta go wrangle this kid. Caroline. And runs down there and 
Like, yeah, Carol Ann's getting swallowed up by this fucking well, puddle why, of lights. Why are you sitting in the middle of a fucking puddle in footy PJs, right, too? Right, right. Okay, why is she, like, fucking 12 years old and wearing footy PJs? 1988. Because they're I'd wear them, man. I think in 88 I was definitely her age, and I definitely had feety pajamas. I think in 88 you were fucking five, because that's math. Yeah. How old am I? Ooh, math. Don't make yourself older. Ooh, math. Anyways. Anyway, that's a hard. But no, so the the puddle in the ground though, I think is one of the more effective effects in the film. Yeah, that's that's the scariest. Scariest. Yeah, yeah. okay, cool. Yeah. It's the scariest part to me. That's the one that got me as a kid. I actually rewound that. I mean, <laughs> fucking nightmare. To skip ahead, yes, the special effects are what elevate this from garbage, in my opinion. I agree. Yeah. Like. I'm not a huge fan of this movie, but anyway. It's okay. Anyway. Um, So, yeah. So, this is how Carol Ann gets sucked in. And so, Scott and Donna also run down there. And they're like, oh, trying to save her. And then Scott, like, somersaults into the fucking thing. (laughs) Yeah. So, (laughs) the arms that are coming out are, like, meaty. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah them some strong ones. Yeah, the stone arms. Scott's stone like forgotten country and fucking dives in. Yeah, and then uh, Downing gets sucked in. So they're all three in this puddle portal pity party. The other oh, side, the mirror universe. Yeah, yeah. the mirror universe. Yeah, the other side, which is part two. You know what <laughs> is kind of interesting? So the one really cool, effective part. So Zelda Rubenstein does join back in she's interrupted from her team uh like her tea party i called it the sunday brunch you know sunday either or um but she comes back and she she flies across country i assume and uh she does the shining yeah and she's calling yeah she's calling the psychiatrist or whatever that fucking asshole uh dr Sitan. um and like talking to her like or or trying to convince this guy like you need to listen to her and all this other stuff but then arrives at the apartment and she's not in it that much after that because no the one jump ahead you're jumping ahead oh there's way more scenes with her (laughs) you even watch this fucking movie yes yes i get you have you saw me watch so you half watched it before we did this recording what you half watched it before the recording no i watched it no he totally half watched it I didn't have watch it. Go ahead then. Anyway, so she shows up just when they realize that the kids had broken into the pool. Right. Cool. And so now the parents are done with their party. They're not done with their party, but they're taken from their party right, to check out ser- the kids broke guy. into the fucking pool. Yeah. The security so when they go to security. check for the pool, where's Donna and Scott? They're gone. Where are they? When's the last time we saw them? Well, Scott does pop up. So, (laughs) in the process of trying to figure out where they were, they're hanging out by the pool, and while poor Bruce is there by himself trying to figure out where his actual daughter is, the ice effect, which is, I think, also cool, Yeah. all of a sudden, little Scott just pops up all iced over and... Runs into yeah. the glass, which is hilarious. I do want to make a gif of him. There's like, there's like, there's a shot where he's like confused and <laughs> yeah, looking around. Yeah, yeah. He's just like waving. I just his want to make that an endless flailing loop. around and then runs into a like a piece of glass. Yeah, yeah. Um, but Covered anyways, with ice cum, right? Which turns into <laughs> yeah. just water. 
So like the ice wasn't never there. He's just the, the Bruce was imagining this. This was all in his brain. Um, so they take Scott and they go upstairs. And by this time, Tangina shows up and says, oh, I'm here. Guess what? Oh, hey, I've known about this the whole time. And old Dr. Dumbfuck basically yeah. brought this back. And now I'm here to try to fix oh, it. I'm here to clean up the fucking mess. And which brings on my second favorite effect, which is the bloating door yeah, of Carol Ann's yeah. room. Um, where basically they go to Carolyn's room to like find her because they hear her and a poor Nancy Allen's getting sucked in. Yeah, so Nancy Allen tries to like save her because you know she's trying to be a good aunt for once. <laughs> and uh, yeah. she should have called Robo. Grabs her and Tangina's like, "That's not Where's fucking Carolyn," and it ends up being this like monster child yeah. thing. Kind of reminding me of the like druid characters from uh, fucking uh, Phantasm. Phantasm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what about <laughs> the brood? Mm. Oh, the, yeah, mm. absolutely. Just like the brood too. Well, I think with the prosthetics, they're trying to make him or make her look like uh, Kane. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. Kane. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Little baby Kane yeah, with, yeah, yeah. with them footy yammas. Little Chris, you sweet baby. Turn into Rob Zombie there. <laughs> well, I was impersonating yeah, yeah. you, then yeah, yeah, I got zombied. Oh. So, anyways, <laughs> Andy. But no, that 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 one part where you know they see Carol Ann in the mirror, yeah, and she's got the speak spell and she's not paying attention, yeah. and then Tangina's like talking to her, Don't and then all, all of a sudden, like she, the she like drops, she falls, and. Fucking Donna comes out of her. That is yes. such a cool effect. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but is it Donna? <laughs> well, yeah, that's and that's the. And there's there's an interesting subtlety that you could catch. Yeah, the dead giveaway. Yeah, yeah, yeah but it's like uh, you don't really recognize it at first. Um, the first shot where she's like being picked up by Tom Skerritt, you kind of see it, and it's like, oh, maybe that was just a fuck up. But then later, it gets revealed. Totally wasn't right. Um, and it's kind of interesting how they did that. My that, th- that was okay when I was a kid. That was the absolute scariest fucking scene in the movie. Is yeah. where Teen Gina just like walks behind her, and behind her, the fucking Kane child entity grabs her by the shoulder, go, just yeah. like grabs her, and then like she just like turns into like zombie, zombie, yeah, just, yeah. boom, <laughs> beef jerky, dead. And then there's like, oh, okay, well they just killed off Tangina. Cool, yeah. that was. Fast, okay. yeah. yeah, that was yeah. that was the thing that kind of disappointed me. It's like, oh, you no, brought her in for that, but no, no, I know it works out at the end. I, yeah, I got you. That did kind of surprise me though, because like I I hadn't seen this in years, and I was like, wait, she she dies? Yeah, like, what? Yeah. And then and then Laura Flynn Boyle just yeah. crawls out of her face, out of her uh, p- pumpkin bread face. Yeah, just, I was just, just, like, just screaming like a banshee. Just, <laughs> Yeah. Man, now I want a yeah. pumpkin bread tangina. For yeah, dude, that's party. what we should have. <laughs> yeah. There you go. I'll go to Michael's. I'm uh, sure they have their bakeware on they've sale. They've got tangina molds. We're good. <laughs> so now we, we've got Scott. We've got uh, Laurel Flynn Boyle's character. What's her name? Dana. Donna. 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 She's Daniel, they're just both, like Twin Peaks. Yeah, they're they, both back Donna from the other side. Donna. And we start to notice oh, Donna. that there's oh, I thought not we were gonna do a necessarily... Yeah. Something's wrong with them. Something's real wrong. Yeah, no shit. They're on drugs. It's Bizarro Donna. Yeah. 
So the poor psychiatrist, he's up there trying to do his damn thing. You know, trying to help out this family. I don't know why he's even there, actually. Because he's pissed. Because he got prank called. Yeah, let's be honest. He's a fucking asshole. Yeah, he got prank called. No matter how you dice it. Because he's like, we're going to that art opening we weren't going to. Put the dinner on sim or put it on a low flame. Low flame. Don't forget the cilantro. He loves cilantro. Yeah. I mean, I that motherfucker. Some, dude, I he put cilantro. some steak on that. We're going to We're going to nip this prank in the bud. I'm like, what the fuck yeah. are you talking yeah. about, boss? She was able to like manipulate the phones. Yeah. Okay. How's that like mass hypnosis? Yeah. But yeah, keep the dinner on a low flame and don't forget the cilantro. <laughs> but he so got what, what was coming what to him. Doesn't he? I don't know, but that's With my new sign off from here on out. <laughs> don't forget the cilantro. That's what I was like. What are they making if it's like a low flame and then you're going to put cilantro on it? I don't know, man. Or in it. Uh, I don't know. Okay. Sorry. Pumpkin? Mate, mate. Pumpkin bread. Um, but yeah, so then, you know, he gets his. He does, like Ren yeah, said. He does. He gets yeah. his fucking up and cummits. Up and cummits. Stop me saying Come Muppets. Come Muppets. What I would pair this movie with. <laughs> Isn't that a vinegar syndrome um, movie? <laughs> Make my puppets. <laughs> Let the puppets come. Um, Roger mentioned Shivers, but I would pair this movie with The Lift. There you go. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Or anyway, down. That's all. I or got. down. So I have not seen down. <clears throat> Donna's character, but I'd be down. He goes out to the hallway, to the elevator, which has been off and on all this whole movie. <laughs> this has been a big scene. Is this fucking elevator? So you know something's gonna happen. Well, he gets pushed and lands on top of the elevator, which is many, many, many floors down from the Laura Finn Boyle character, yeah. Donna, or not Donna. Or the Bizarro Donna. Bizarro Donna. And Bizarro Scott comes up. They start heavy petting. And then he begins to like rip her face off. Yeah. Yeah. And odd. Very which is Donna backwards, dis- right? No, but like, <laughs> I'll be honest. That's pretty fucking disturbing. Like, they didn't need to do that. But I was like, oh, well, yeah, the disturbing more- part was like she starts laughing and yeah, giggling. They, they and have like, a great time yeah. with it. Like, like, even the skin on his And then is, like, they do apart. that cool effect where they do the side pan where they're walking down the hallway back to the room and then they're on the other side of the yeah, wall. Yeah, it's like they go through one of the doorways. Every inch of this fucking Hello building from is covered. The other side! Every inch of this movie is covered in mirrors. Ignore him. Wow. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. I, I would say if you want to make a drinking game out of this, every time you see a mirror, drink. Yeah. Well, Wait. You, you every time they say on. Carol Ann. Or just, yeah. You that's the rule. Carol Ann? Supposedly I read in, uh, oh. something that was like 127 Carol Ann's yes. before like halfway time. the movie. Oh, my God. Most I have not, I have not attempted this, and that's saying something. Right. I will. I'll, let, I'll get back to you. Okay. We should probably drink something light. Drunken Geist? <laughs> Drunken Geist 3. Let's do it. Beer. <laughs> like, power hour with that? That's yeah, kind of worse. Good. good God. That's going to be our uh, Patreon Because there's, uh, there's Geist. parts where they say Carol Ann like six times. Like, Carol Ann? When yeah. Donna, quote, comes oh, yeah, back yeah. and she's screaming Carol Ann. Also, if you're playing along at home, Take a drink every time we say Carol Ann. <laughs> oh, yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Carol Ann, Carol Ann, Carol It's on, it's on the, the actual beginning. board four times, so I just yeah. want to throw it out there. There's a lot of Carol Ann's. And so every time we look at the board, we need to drink. Yeah, not yeah. to get too off topic, but before watching this, I watched the... Uh, <laughs> we the, already got it off Yeah, topic, I know. The Siskel and Ebert review of this. Have you guys watched that? That's not no. off topic. It's Well, you know, I didn't... 
we're still talking about the plot. Patrick, tonight. anything you say is on topic. All you right. can say whatever the fuck you want. Oh, you're so nice. Don't listen to him. But anyway, so, it's funny because that was Ebert's chief complaint about the movie was how many times they the, say char- the, the characters' names in general. Oh, yeah. Like, no, you watch, I agree with him. Yeah, it's funny. When you watch the video, he just starts shouting, Carol Ann, Bruce, Carol Ann, Bruce. Carol Ann, and he said, Dr. Scott. Even, <laughs> Dr. Scott. Man. And he says, like, even yeah, at the screening. Dr. Satan so many times. They say so. that, too. And he's like, he said the screening he was at, it was so bad that the the audience started shouting the names at the screen after a while. <laughs> oh, that'd be really and, fun. <laughs> just like, that doesn't sound so bad. It's not a good movie. It is a very enjoyable movie. It is, it is a great movie. I will say when I was a kid and I greatly disliked this movie, watching it as an adult, I really appreciate it a lot more. It's so. not that bad. Right. It's not that It's bad. better than the second one. I'll say that right now. Yeah. I mean, the special effects and the technical part of Poltergeist 3, I think, is what helps the damn thing. But Brian Taggart, I knew that name sounded fucking familiar. So he co-wrote this with Gary Sherman, also wrote... Visiting Hours, uh, Of Unknown yeah, Origin, yeah. The New Kids, V the Final Damn. Battle, Wanted Dead or Alive. Another Gary Dude. Sherman classic. Dude. I mean, it's one of those things. Conceptually, I like it. Trucks. Yeah, I get your complaints. <laughs> Granted, yeah. look at look at that budget, though. That's $10 million less of a budget than they had for the last right, film. Right. Yeah. So That's pretty what impressive. they did with what they had... I'm. This is. I think it's uh, fine. That's impressive. This yeah. is at a time when MGM was restructuring, and it sounds like they were just doing it for the money, because he couldn't get enough um, of a budget to actually shoot his original ending. And oh yeah. He actually has 17 pages in the script that weren't shot due to budget constraints. Um. Do huh. you remember what this original ending was? Though? So. He, it's it was YouTube, close it? to what it is. No, so that was the, so they shot an ending, and then MGM fucking hated it, and then they're like, "All right, we'll give you more money to shoot it." Then Heather okay. O'Rourke passed away, right? Um, so they're like, "Well, shit," and then he's like, "I'm not doing this." And MGM told Gary Sherman and the producers, "If you don't do this, we will find someone to do it." Um, but the original ending was with. <clears throat> Tangina offering to take Kane to the other side, but he was going to have Dick Smith do makeup effects where mm-hmm. uh, Tangina was going to turn into Carol Ann and Carol Ann was going to like, or it was something, it was going to be something kind of weird like that where they were like face swapping, but it was going to be done with makeup to like trick Kane into thinking that Tangina was Carol Ann taking him to the other side. Something like that. I, I don't okay. know. I, okay, I like the ending. I think it, let's be honest, it's a closure to a sequel, you know, sequels that didn't need to happen. How about that? I like Poltergeist. I think it was a great film on its own. I don't know if it needs sequels. I think that about yeah. a lot of movies. So I'm glad yeah, that they fair. closed this off with, unfortunately, you know, we can talk about in real life that Carol Ann's character passed away during the making of Wait, this film. Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. The actress. Carol, the actress who played Carol Ann passed away. Yeah. Not Carol Ann's character. Yeah. I mean, Which, Carol Ann like, is the character. Which, if you, like, Google, like, some conspiracies about her death. Oh, shit. 
Where I was are you talking. Going I was talking to Yana last night. Oh, man. I don't even want to talk about it. So you're not talking about the curse. You're talking about conspiracy. So I do believe in the curse. Okay. I will throw that out but, there. But there is also like a conspiracy surrounding her death, which I do feel was still untimely and could still okay. potentially be linked to if the curse. If you're bringing it up, you gotta give us all a little right, bit. Yeah, more. Let's you do gotta this. do. So yeah. all right. So keeping it, I don't know, relatively surface level. There was like speculation that the so-called blockage that she died from was from like repeated sexual like assault yeah and we're finding out a lot more now in the last few years about a lot of you know trauma that people went through and are still going through but especially during this time when kids maybe weren't as closely monitored god damn yeah well maybe we didn't want to hear it (laughs) yeah yeah But yeah, totally believe in the curse. Now I'm depressed. I know. I don't know if I believe in the curse. I do. So she died when she was like 12. Yeah. I think the official thing was like cardiac arrest. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But I thought there was pneumonia. I thought she had like a blockage in her bowels. She started with uh, Crohn's symptoms. Yes. Oh, wow. That's why she looks so puffy. Septic shock. Yeah. They had her on in, in the beginning, like first scenes yeah. she was so puffy looking because they had her on steroids, steroids right yeah. right oh. yeah. i've been there anywho talking so about the sad. movie uh oh. the ending with uh t and gina basically saying you know i love this child i've been here for this child i've walked her through all these other things i'm going to just take this well and that's basically what the ending is they just weren't able like what yeah, I, no, think, yeah. I think that is the original ending he wanted to do just without the makeup yeah. Um, right. Which uh, it's fine. And Kane just says, okay, as long as somebody's taking us and my fucking weirdos to the other side, to the light, I'm good. And that's how it ends. Yeah. And it happens kind of quickly, too. Yeah. Like, I thought this yeah, was like rated it was PG-13, re-shot. but it's rated PG. I mean, like, he, he, he has, like, no hesitation just, like, right away. I mean, which is cool. That's but cool. It's cool. Oh, here it is. Here. Uh, so apparently, after the film was completed, it was rated PG by the MPAA in uh, November 1987. Sherman and the studio decided to reshoot at least part of the ending with a different special effects sequence, and that bumped it to uh, it, in April. A re-edited version was submitted, and that got the PG-13 ending or ugh, PG-13 rating. So yeah, I wonder if the like. Uh Decapitation was part oh, of yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. probably. Yeah, because it was it was um, that was kind of cool. <laughs> when they finished the movie, it was too short because of budget constraints. Right, so I'm right. sure there was more reshoots, yeah. but nothing. I mean, so the filming with her was completed, yeah. though she didn't except for that ending. Except when for it's that, obviously ending. Right. not her, yeah. right? Because that was a reshoot. That mm-hmm. makes sense. Okay. Um. Yeah. I mean, it's. Here's the thing, like it's an interesting film, but I feel that it is definitely kind of bottom of the barrel uh, uh, on poltergeist movies. You know, hey, I mean, well, I I call, do not Jeremy, like this one better his, than the second. That's one. his that's his opinion. He's a lot of it. Okay, wait, I, you do not like it better than the second? No, no. Oh, so I, I kind of like the second one because. I like the second one more than the third one because it's just like ridiculous. But the yeah. third one to me for the most part, while also ridiculous. Yeah. And it does have some very 
technical savvy things, it's kind of boring. I feel it's boring. So I think when I was little, like I didn't like it because of like the huge like tonal shift. Yeah. Of the movie, because yeah. it's just like, well, this doesn't feel like Poltergeist, but right, right. And that's the other thing. Like when I think of, I guess the bottom line is when I think of Poltergeist, I think of horror fantasy yeah. in a weird way. You that's know? the word I'm looking for, yeah. not whimsical. Just, just kind of because, fantasy yeah, yeah. I, I mean, yes, a lot of that fantastical element is probably brought on from Steven Spielberg, right? I'd say the score, too, because it's very overbearing. Yes, and- yeah. If anything, I think Poltergeist, um, Toby Hooper's direction, and Steven Spielberg's involvement, and Jerry Goldsmith's score yeah. is what really makes that movie, along with some really great set pieces as well. Yeah. Um, and the fact that, you know, like, a swimming pool full of skeletons. Like, that that's definitely a commentary on, like, suburbia and all yeah. this other stuff. How you can't always bury your past or, like, bury wrongdoings and, you know, the whole headstones building on Indian burial ground. You move yeah. the headstones, but not the body. <laughs> right. Uh I always love his laugh after that. Yeah. <laughs> you move the headstones. Ah! It's so <laughs> weird. But um anyway, like I I think Poltergeist, the reason why it's Poltergeist now, um and and such a film that's revered is because it, it blends all these elements so well. The the fantastical, the horror, it's got great child acting. It's it's got a strong family dynamic, uh, and none of that stuff is really carried through in in the sequels, and more so in three, mainly because a lot of those elements aren't there. You don't have the family drama. You don't have a great composer. Well, I mean the composer is good, but you don't have you don't have like an iconic score that plays with those kind of themes, yeah. and I I feel like. Poltergeist 3 is just a byproduct of, um, like Jeremy was saying, like MGM just trying to get some money. That's really it. They yeah. had a property. And they're like, oh, well, we could do this. And I guess this was probably Joe Ranzetti's score right after, right after or right before Child's Play. Right before Child's yeah, Play. Yeah, right before. 89. Yeah. So, I mean... I was alive for that one. If he had to crank out Poltergeist 3... I'm sure you saw it in theaters. Yeah. If he had to crank out Poltergeist 3 and that put him on the radar for Child's Play, then that's that's a good thing for Poltergeist 3, though. I'll chalk up. Because his score for Child's Play is amazing. Yeah, that's Hell yeah. But that's the thing. Here, here's the other thing. Like, you don't hear a lot of those whimsical elements... No, you don't. ...in this... But you do hear them somewhat in Child's Play because it's dealing because, with a child's theme. Because again, there's no, there's a family dynamic to Child's Play. There's really, there, there is the Poltergeist three, but not in the same way. It's it, the whole. Point I'm just is, talking is, is about it, the score. Like, yeah, no, no, definitely have. Yeah, the and film talking, is about the lack of a family dynamic. It's about yeah. the emptiness that is with the loneliness of this poor child. Yeah, because I don't think that score like, would fit well no. because like it's a lot more grim of a feeling. But don't you think that takes away some of the the skeleton and the backbone of the Poltergeist franchise or like what makes I mean, Poltergeist I, As I said, the second one, they tried to keep going with that and it didn't work. So I feel like this yeah. one at least, they like got away with just like trying to say okay, let's just have it where she's by herself and she's got to fight this demon on her own. Yeah. And then luckily 
you know, towards the end, the aunt decides that she does love her. So that's cool. She's fucking lying. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, We're going to pack this brat up and send her she, back. It takes she should have said that first. Like, and I love you. That's how Your she ended it. Your parents love you. And yeah. I love she you. She should have said, I love you. Your parents love you. Instead, she's like, your parents love you. And I love you. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, no. <laughs> I guess I got to keep I don't going buy here. buy one second. But you do Nancy notice Allen. it wasn't it wasn't her that saved the kids. It was Tom Skerritt yeah. Well, yeah. that saved the kids. And not Scott, because fuck him, apparently. <laughs> Scott. <laughs> Scott sucks. <laughs> so anyway. Yeah, I wasn't a big fan of Poltergeist 3. I think it's kind of a bore, but what's everybody else think? Patrick? I enjoyed it. Like I said, I the first one is I the objective best. But I, the second one always creeped me out more, and then the third one I'd seen the least up till this point, and I didn't. Think <laughs> no, I watched it five. <laughs> no, I watched it. I owned it on every format available. Uh, but Wait, no, really? What? No, I'm just joking. I was I'm just joking. <laughs> I don't even own it. But. Yeah, it's a laser disc. <laughs> and beta but you know, that being said, I didn't think it was as bad as I heard it was. Uh, from some people, it's not horrible. And, like no. it's an, oh. it's enjoyable. I I liked it. Roger, uh, like I said, like when I was little, you know, it didn't really jive with me. But I think watching it now, <laughs> I definitely appreciate it a lot more with like the special effects and stuff. Like I find myself trying to dissect, you know, what is actually going on. Yeah, on the set here, and we're like, well, that's a mirror. That's a mirror. That's a window. She's yeah. standing on that side. You know. Yeah, that's kind of. Oh, so that I mean, that was really cool. I liked it, but uh, I, I yeah, I definitely like it a lot more. Um, we'll see what else. I did like the doctor. I hate like, the doctor. Because you fucking hate him, right? No, because I fucking hate him. Because I yeah. fucking hate and him. And like, back to my like pro wrestling fandom from being a kid. I <laughs> he was plays a sucker. the heel so well. I was sucker for a heel. <laughs> and, yeah. and granted, this guy's kind of like the cliche of like, you know, in the paranormal movie. If yeah. you're a skeptic, then go fuck yourself. You're just a piece of shit. Right. I mean, he just reminded me of the Toy Story, uh, not Toy Story, Child's Play 2 character. You yeah. know, like yeah. the whole, like, oh, let's talk about all the awful things you're making up, right. kid. Yeah. It's just his line delivery, man. It that, just I think that might have been intentional, though. Like, I don't maybe, know. Maybe. Maybe. I also found it funny that he's the guy that wrote Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer. Oh, no shit. Oh, yeah. really? <laughs> Gracie. Oh. So that probably made me Dick like him a lot Dick Fire. Dick yeah. Fire. Dick Fire wrote Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer. Wow. He does love Chicago. <laughs> hey, man, that's something I didn't know. But Woof. yeah, it, it definitely it definitely bumped up on my on my list there. I hate it a lot less. Oh, good. <laughs> that's but, the yeah. only film he acted in and wrote. Yeah, yeah. So he only wrote Henry. Oh. And then only acted in Poltergeist 3. What a resume. Interesting. Oh, yeah. All right. Ren? It was fine. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Wow. I I really liked I liked the special effects. I really liked the mirror stuff and the the puddle part will stick with me and pumpkin bread face, you know. Tangina. It's <laughs> just falling apart. Uh, I almost said that. Uh, but I didn't want to get yelled at. <laughs> That's why we have written so that we can say all the awful things and women can't get mad. The name's Gina. Tan Tangina. Out the sun. Ooh, <laughs> all right. I, I honestly just expected, you know, Tangina to walk up to the puddle and be like, "This hole is clean now." <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> 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 had to follow it up after the Tangina. Right. Oh, oh god, <laughs> she went there. I don't have anything to say after that. Carol Ann was... came back. 
brought to you by Vagisil. <laughs> <laughs> and Gina came. Jeremy, you really have nothing to say? <laughs> no. Right. Um, I'm a fan of the movie. Uh, it Kind of what Roger was saying that I almost cut him off on was it's now fun being like, okay, when are they using a mirror? When is it a window? When is it, you know? Yeah, and I just think that's probably the most fun of it is figuring it out. Mm-hmm. We didn't really talk about the, like, monster... Tr- like the car, the ice cars. <laughs> yeah, the ice cars oh, with the which giant. Are hilarious. The yeah. thing meets Christine. And like Kane is driving, apparently. <laughs> with a big light coming out of the yeah. crack. It's, it's visual right there. Oh, um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, good. Everyone can see it. Cool. <laughs> we'll be posting this on our Instagram. And they we'll had the, the, the false ending where I'm like, no. Yeah. <laughs> um, no. We won. No. You I will didn't. be playing the drinking game at some point. If you want to come over and play, let me yeah. know. The Carol Ann one? The Carol Ann oh, one. Jesus. All right. That's when Jeremy did never do another podcast. <laughs> hey, guys, remember when Jeremy said how he was going to die? <laughs> Just remember to roll him on a side. <laughs> Niles, I mean, I think you kind of already professed your love on No, this. it's... Hey, how about this? <laughs> how about th- How about this? It's okay if you love it. When I was a kid on the USA Network, they showed this movie. And when it was a Saturday afternoon, and they're very... Very few movies at this point that I was able to watch that scared the shit out of me. This was one of them. I mean, that that's how I saw it was on cable. The, middle of the yeah. day. Literally scary. middle of the day. I'm yeah. by myself. My my mom's running errands. And all of a sudden, there's things grabbing people out of holes and mirrors. And I'm just like, I'm not walking <laughs> Grabbing holes. I'm not going near a fucking mirror in this house, let alone if there's a puddle. I know it happens. <laughs> So, yeah, that's where I'm coming from. And, and Andy can understand this. He's got a lot of things he watched when he was a child that oh, are yeah. just like, oh, my God, it's so good. Brain scan. But, no, <gasps> brain scan is that, great. That's amazing. Yeah, I'm yeah, sorry. It's a good one. It's got Primus no. in it. Oh, yeah. yeah. Anyways, but it's one of those things. Yeah, I have that, unfortunately, <laughs> I have that blemish that I think this is phenomenal when it might not be. But at the same time, I can argue why I do like parts of it as an adult watching it. So it definitely affects is huge, especially with the low budget. So I'm just saying Universal Studios. I went to the Poltergeist maze. I'm ready for the Poltergeist three maze. Three maze. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. Oh, they I'd be do, into they it. They could do a lot with it. Yeah. They yeah. Totally could. It'd be really, it'd actually be really fun. I mean, with cool. that many mirrors and glass, you just, yeah, it's like an OSHA violation waiting to happen. Though. <laughs> <laughs> it. I will say this, it always felt like a made-for-TV movie to me when I was a kid. Yeah. Even when I was a kid, I thought it was made-for-TV. There are some really weird fades and um, transitions where I thought my internet was buffering. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, speaking of the internet, you could actually stream this for free on uh, Tubi yes. with some ads. It's on Voodoo. And too. Voodoo. It's also on Voodoo, and it's also on Amazon Prime, so... Yep. A few different ways to watch this for free, or you could always pick up the Screen Factory Blu-ray, which is a collector's edition, which I'm somewhat interested in, but I'm not going to do it. I dude. totally Same. bought that. Oh, <laughs> no way. Yes, I did. I got <laughs> bought yeah. the DVD double feature with two and three. Right. That's and there's I also watching. a Blu-ray double feature with those Oh, two. is there? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, I but, bought the tape for 50 cents. Yeah, that's real bargain. Good enough. Yeah. Anyway, so that's uh, Poltergeist three. Here's our dead giveaway for the horror trivia night players. Uh, Here's the question: 
two brothers who open a vegetarian eatery try their best to resurrect Egyptian goddess Sheetar in what 1987 film? Do you guys know it? I know it. Okay. You want to tell them, Roger? Hold on, hold on. Does oh. anybody else know it other than Roger? Do you think Ren's going to know so. that? Because Ren doesn't know that. Oh, I was Okay. Patrick? <laughs> His face is All right, good. Roger. Would that be the pseudo-sequel to Blood Feast? Yes. yes. Blood Diner? Blood Diner. You are correct. Oh. So, yeah. Oh. There I've is... seen that, that Blu-ray. It looks cool. <laughs> it so, is. does it bear any mm, relation to Blood Car? No. 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 <laughs> There's also Vegetarian. Or Blood Hook. There. Or Blood Beat. Or Blood Four, <laughs> uh, Blood Rage, yeah. Blood Hole, Blood Rage, Blood Blood, 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 blood Massacre, blood hole. Death Death blood Death Part Two, Bloody Birthday. Carrie's anyway, so three. that is your Dead two Giveaway. Two Blood Two Hole. <laughs> that, <laughs> that is the fifth and final Dead Giveaway. Uh, hopefully, you guys saw the other Dead Giveaways we've been giving out over the week over social media. Uh, we will be deleting those at six p.m. But today. Apparently, not this one. What? Yeah, this one lasts forever, and so is the one in the newsletter. Oh, so well, so they you gave away scream. a really good question on that newsletter. Well, I'm mad. sorry, bud. Sorry, I'm sure people will still get Internal it wrong. Internal conflict. Anyway, thank you guys very much for joining us. Uh, the next, uh, well, couple of destroy the brain events that we got going on. Uh, tomorrow night uh, is the Bastard Squad Halloween show. But what is tonight, Andrew? Oh, well, tonight is Horror Trivia Night at Where? the Heavy Anchor at 8 p.m., but... It's sold out. It's sold out, so... You can't come. <laughs> Unless you got tickets. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, I've seen people, like, savagely trying to, like, group up. They're like, well, I got three people. I can... If you if you need two people, I got spots. Give like, me four dollars. They're trying to be friends with people now. Well, well I'm I, I'm kind of waiting. Wow. I'm waiting to see if any scalpers get on there. <laughs> wow. Like no. I got tickets. Heavy so Anchor posted you know that. They posted no, that. Like, don't. Were you there when Josh was telling us they've had that problem? What, the owners. Okay, maybe it was. I I'm up there all the time. I pretty much live there. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were telling me that for some of these events, people. Bought tickets from like a scalper because mm. what they people will just like scour Facebook because things sold out and be like oh yeah I got I got a ticket for that here you go and they showed up they're like you didn't buy a ticket like this is fuckers brown paper tickets only yeah yeah so I know Jody added that uh, in the description yeah don't buy any tickets you won't be able to buy tickets you can't yeah yeah so. Anyway, um, horror trivia tonight. Uh, hope to see some of you guys there tomorrow night at the Heavy Anchor. We're also I'm gonna be emceeing, hosting the Bastard Squad MC Halloween Tree. show. Uh, it's about five different bands. We're gonna have a costume contest. The boys from the Nightmare Shop will be there. The Nightmare Shop LLC dot com. Mm. Mm. So Monday the twenty first. If you're listening to this, I will be hosting a Friday the Thirteenth cocktail pop up. At J Smug's Gastro Pit, which is basically at Shaw and King's Highway. Uh, it's going to be themed drinks, cheap beer, food from Gastro Pit. Starts at 7 o'clock. Come up, get silly. Be there. Yeah. Pop up your cocktails. Pop up your cock. Pop up your cock. Tails. And then on the 22nd, uh, Night of the Demons at the Heavy Anchor for a punk rock. Well, it's not a double feature, it's a punk rock special feature. Halloween special. Spe- feature. Anyway, that's totally free, and that starts at 8 or 8.30. I don't know. Just go on the Heavy Anchors Facebook website. Is there anything else for October? 
Uh, no, but in November, November 15th and 16th, yeah. we are, uh, for Late Night Grindhouse, showing the Evil Dead 4K restoration with the 5.1 sound mix and uh, a newish score from the original composer from uh, Joe Loduca. So that will be, uh, from what I'm hearing, you know, how they're hyping it is it's not going to hit Blu-ray ever. But I doubt it. Sure, Jan. Yeah, <laughs> sure, Jan. But uh, that is $8. And again, that's November 15th and 16th. Tickets are already on sale at MarcusTheaters.com or uh, come to Facebook.com slash Late Night Grindhouse and uh, find the event. And you can buy them then. Before we play our killer <laughs> track, where can people find uh, you, Patrick? On Twitter at Max Rebo Rules, Instagram at Paddock and Skywalker, and Letterbox, same thing. Roger. I am solely on Instagram pretty much at uh at Roger Van Gool. <laughs> he posts all kinds of cool pictures, PS. Oh yeah. yeah. He's got a bigger following than oh, Mr. anybody Roger. here. He's popular. He's cool. People like him. Oh, my god. Hashtag Rin. You can find me on Instagram at Rinstelgram, which is R-I-N-N-S-T-L-G-R-A-M. You can find me on Twitter at jbonesy, and I'm on Instagram right now at uh, Long Night Camp Blood. That is the name of my pop-up, Friday if, 15th. But if it's after October, it Long Night at Camp Blood, it may be uh, Jones nuts. versus his Instagram. <laughs> jo- Ooh, yeah. Oh, oh, there that's you go. That's a good one. Jones versus Insta. Okay. <laughs> Look for that. Thanks for Niles. the recommendation. You can find me on Instagram and Letterboxd and Facebook at Niles Maddox 22. N I L E S M A T T O X. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram and Letterboxd at Treefy T R I E F Y. Thank you very much for joining us. Do we have a plan? Oh, shit. Killer track. Well, no, but uh, I just realized I think this is the last episode for October. Yes. So do we tell people that they could see us at Six Flags? Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Why not? Meet us at the Vampire Bar. If you have a season pass (laughs) or you want to buy passes to Six Flags, we'll be at Six Flags Fright Fest on the 26th at the Vampire Bar. What time we want to say? What time? All night. The Give blood me the bags. blood bags. Y- you will find us there at some point. I'll just say that. We will yeah. be there. If you come early well, in the fun. evening, like 6 or 7, we'll be there. Because we ain't stepping out of there until the Fright Fest actually starts. And then I'll be playing in the blood bank. Don't tell oh. them Don't tell the monsters my name. And come see me at show. Oh, we will. name is Patrick. <laughs> don't do that. They'll remember you from last time. <laughs> oh, no. The community K is already out. Anyway, all right. So our killer track is the most annoying title of the song. <laughs> uh, Misfit Shining, which talks about Poltergeist and Carol Ann. So... <laughs> Because that makes sense. Anyway, thank you guys very much for joining us. Adios. Bye.